Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hi, this is Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and in this episode, I want to wonder and ask you, why didn't Takeshi Yasutoko win uh, the Feast uh, Finals in Hiroshima this year? I uh, just watched the videos for this um, uh, last night, and it's great. I love watching these big, uh, big park comps huge stuff going on in a competition format it's just great fun and it's cool seeing the people who step up into this and that rollerblading still has a part of it you know i don't even really know what feast stood for until i googled it last night one of the family said what does feast stand for and it's the um the festival uh de de, de sport extreme um so international extreme sport um festival is the um is the the name for it. I think it's festival. Um so there you go, now we know. Um and it's just cool that um rollerblading is in that and we get to see it on these yeah, yeah Festival International de Sport Extreme. <laughs> um yeah, and so, you know, this Hiroshima competition uh leads into then the Montpellier competition um later on. And um yeah, I mean it's just really great. All of them are great to watch. Um uh, great to see um, Sim Croft rolling for Adapt in there, getting seventh place, um, and hopefully that's just the beginning of more to come. Um, uh, great to see CJ Wellsmore skating, not in the best form this time around, but there was this fun, huge transfer sort of alley-oop air um, that I don't know whether it was actually going for a stall or a grind on the edge of that ramp, it looked like almost, but that was very fun. Um yeah, which, which, I mean, incidentally, that's where the alley-oop comes from originally, right? Alley-oop airs originally on a ramp is when you're turning the opposite direction from the direction that um, you're travelling as you turn, you know what I mean? So if you were going up the ramp and you're about to turn anti-clockwise, but if as you turned anti-clockwise you drifted to your right, that would be um, an alley-oop air. Um, and then you can, if you think about it that way, then you realise that um, uh, that that's then that's then what happens if you were going to do a grind on a on a half pipe, right? You'd go up, and if you're going to do an alley oop turn, so turn towards uh, the coping, uh, then you'd be turning counterclockwise towards the coping, and then sliding uh, right, and you'd be then getting into an alley oop turn towards the coping. Do you see what I mean? Um, and so there you go. So, you know, it comes out of that that we then get the fact that it's turning towards an obstacle, um, uh, that, um, you know, that's how you get get that. So there. Anyway, that was a really cool kind of transfer thing um, that um, that CJ does as part of his run. His second run, he falls. Um, it puts him out. He knows it puts him out. But rather than the unsportsmanlike but understandable, just giving it up and waving and taking off his helmet and whatever, he just he just 
uses up the rest of his time and just goes for big tricks and he doesn't land them but just does big spectacular stuff and I reckon there's just something really impressive sportsmanlike about using up your time rather than quitting um, and also sportsmanlike not sportsmanlike what is it um, respectful to the audience to then go well look I'm not going to win I'll at least entertain you good on you man that's cool not a quitter um, generous to others and um, representing Australia well thanks CJ um it's an interesting setup. They're obviously skating a park that's also designed for BMX, and so it is big, um, and it is ramp-based. Um, there's no rails at all, um, uh, you know, but there are grinds, obviously, along the copings, and there's interesting sort of plexiglass wall thing and the big cradle, like a kind of a bowl tipped on its side. Um, all these kind of interesting obstacles there that they have to manoeuvre. Um yeah, look, a couple of things jumped out to me before I get into my big question. Um, uh, one of those was how everyone was wearing a black T-shirt and black jeans, and except for Anthony Avella, who had a grey T-shirt. It's, it's a cool outfit. It was kind of boring if everyone does it, you know? So um, that looks great, but bring on some slightly more interesting variation, even just variation in T-shirt colour, guys. Come on, you know? Like, I take Chris Pullar's point from my podcast episode last week when I interviewed him. You don't need to dress up and make it all about the fashion and flashy clothes and flashy skates, just jeans and a T-shirt. Yeah, but does it always have to be black jeans and a black T-shirt? I don't know about that, you know? Anyway, that was one little observation, um, almost like a uniform. Um, and the second observation was the commentator sucked. Gosh, for a final, um, it was just, it felt like I was trying to watch a lot of this with um, with flatmates who didn't really care about rollerblading, who kept talking <laughs> while you're trying to watch something. You know, they were just talking about stuff. I just didn't care about on and on and on. Um, they weren't calling the tricks consistently, you know, and it just... Uh, you know, I mean, like, yeah, of course, commentators need to explore little tangents and speak about the skaters and speak about a little bit of history. And they did some of that well, you know, and they got better. But at points there, it was just, ugh, you know, so that that was not so good. So anyway, my, my big thing is I, I was su really surprised by the end result. All right, my watch, you can watch the whole um, final, well, except for the very beginning of it. So you don't get to see Julian Cudeau's first run on the... Um, the, the kind of full published 56 minute thing you have to search for that separately um uh you know and 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 i saw julian kudo had this really high score of 84.25 and so i'm going wow what's joe atkinson going to do in order to beat that and his his first run wasn't you know was good but you know it wasn't like okay wow i can see how he's going to beat this um uh, and uh, and then Takeshi Yasutoko's runs, man, amazing. And so, um, so how's Joe Atkinson going to beat that? And to my mind, as I'm watching it, I don't think he does. I, I can see how Takeshi Yasutoko beats Julian Cadeau and takes first place. I can see how he gets higher points, but I can't see what the judges saw in terms of how... Joe Atkinson not only beats Julian Cudeau, but also beats Takeshi Yasutoko. I just can't see it. I'd love to understand. Maybe there's something I don't know. I'm not seeing. I mean, I'm not, I don't know their scoring criteria. Maybe I'm not assessing certain things in terms of difficulty. I'm not, I'm not totally. Um, but it just isn't plain to me at all, you know. And so that's, that's really what I want to do um, in this, this session is just talk through um, their um, uh, first place and second place runs blow by blow, uh, and, um, and 
and why are, it just seems to me that um, that Takeshi they deliver the same amount of tricks, about sixteen tricks in my count, each of them in their fifty second runs. But I think in the end, the difficulty, the variation, the consistency, the power, uh, the seamlessness of Takeshi's run just is unparalleled. You know, and it's just not clear to me with some of the little imperfections in Joe's run why he got not just a little bit more than Julian and um, Takeshi, but like Julian got 84.25, Takeshi got 85, um, Joe gets 87. I don't get how that happens. I mean, is it is it that like with the Oscars that every now and then someone, it's their turn and so they get awarded an Oscar or something? Is it just, was it Joe's turn or something? I don't know. Um, but one more thing before I get to that. I'm also curious as to why Yuto Goto didn't get higher. It's not clear to me that his run was not as good as... Um, I thought his run was better than Yuma Balduin's and um, CJ Wellsmore's. I, I just don't get why he wasn't higher up in this whole thing. Um, I mean, just to name... I mean, the whole thing had a style and energy to it that made it stand out. Um, uh, unique, striking, great control through the whole run. But, I mean, four standout tricks from Yuto Goto. That a huge, at the beginning, this huge back, Farfanugan, right on top of the sub box, uh, where a lot of the grinds are very short, almost just tapping, sliding a little and jumping off. That was a long grind and a high grind, and it looked great. Um, he does this. He's probably the most interesting person, I think, on the plexiglass thing. He does this uh, fakey wall ride to zero spin disaster fish brain thing. <laughs> it's good. He does this, again, a long grind, this long hopping frontside UFO where he hops on the spine a little to, to keep going a little longer. And then he comes back through the spine and does this kind of stall to cess slide. <laughs> again, awesome. So that run, I think, is attention grabbing. And I don't get why I didn't grab the judge's attention and pull him up higher. Anyway, let's have a go at running through Joe's run. Now, part of the reason I wanted to do this um, was also just to have a go at actually analysing tricks blow by blow because this is not something that I can do quickly in real time. I'm left going, oh, hang on a second. Was that true spin or alley-oop? And what's the name for that? And, and how many rotations was that 450? You know, um, and so I've slowed this down to like 25% speed and watched the whole thing and stopped and paused and Googled tricks. And, and here's what I've come up with. You tell me if I've gotten it wrong at any point. But here we go. So you can Google um, Joe Atkinson first final world skate Roller Freestyle Park Cup, Feast Hiroshima 2018. All right, so we'll put this right down to 25% so I can get some of these comments in and we'll see how we go. Um, uh, at the start of his, his run, he does this kind of Superman-y sort of gesture. I'm in the zone, drops in, does this huge safety grab 360 um, uh, over, the, over the spine onto the bank, right? Um, here we go, jumps in, safety grabs as he drops in the quarter pipe, um, and then comes up, huge, I mean, eight to ten, 10 feet high maybe, 360, lands right at the top of the bank, keeps pumping across, and uh, then he does this weird kind of hop across this sort of hip area with one foot, not great style, and then comes up uh, another three, uh, 540 ungrabbed onto the bank, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting move. Um, then this long trans angled transfer, a Lukang air, is that what it's called, when the, the bottom leg's kicked out? Then comes up, um, does a, a wall ride on the sub box, which, you know, yeah, it's fine, fairly long. Um, and then this 
high, long safety grab right across onto the big quarter pipe. Um, then he comes into the um, spine transfer um, and does this long sort of abstract air, I think it's called, over um, and lands forward, but tweaked back facing the other way um, as he lands down onto the bank. Um, then he comes up, does a 450 air to stall on the plexiglass. <laughs> That's pretty cool, pretty smooth. Then jumps in, heads across to the cradle, um, uh, which is pretty fun. Um, pick up a bit of speed as he comes into that. And I think he gets almost inverted here. It's like watching the skates go up above the honour word there. No, you see, not quite, not quite inverted, but still fun to see that thing being used. Then straight into a long unity across the whole quarter pipe, but then just a fakey, you know, that's, I mean, it's nice and long and cool, but fakey, and then, which then brings him into an outspin frontside savannah, I think in an unnatural direction for him, unless you think of it as an alley-oop unity. Oh, don't open that can of worms, in which case it's not unnatural. But again, just a fakey. And then he does this 360 um, uh, onto the big quarter pipe, then comes over the spine with this hand planty flip thing. They call it a hand plant 360. Is that what you'd call it? I don't know what I'd call it. Let's call it a hand plant 360. Lands that smoothly. Comes up on the end of this little quarter pipes below the, the plexiglass thing. Backside um, Royale. Then spins, jumps right over into fakie. Um, that's pretty nice. Um, and then kind of just hops around from fakie to forward. It's a bit clunky. Doesn't particularly grab me. It'd be nice if there was some something in that. But there wasn't really anything in that. Um, then he comes up onto the big quarter pipe and does this... Um, uh, what is that, like a, a miller flip, uh, you know, I guess you could call it, you know, or a 360 hand plant, the commentators call it, then comes up onto the spine um, and does, what's that, another invert, a safety grab, uh, a fakie hand plant, seven, no, that's right, it's the fakie hand plant 720 does that point, and just lands at the one foot ballerina style, so I mean, loving all these inverts, but I mean, that stylistically wasn't amazing, what a spectacular trick, but not cleanly landed, you know, for this 87.75 run, I don't know, and then finishes with a safety grab backflip, so it's a cool run, lots of interesting stuff in there, some cool flips, um, but what won, what won it for him? What's the thing that won it? Was it that hand plant 720 that he didn't properly land? Is that what won it? I, I, I just don't know. So, so that's, I mean, I, that doesn't strike me as, um, uh, you know, clearly so much better, um, than, uh, Julian Kudeau, um, and definitely not. Well, let's come across to, uh, Yasutoko Takeshi, second final World Skate Roller Freestyle, Freestyle Park Cup Feast Hiroshima 2018. Let's put that onto 25%. And immediately, the thing that grabs me with this run is just the speed and the power. Even like there's a certain lankiness around the way Joe seems to do striding, whereas there's just this compact power in the way Yasutoku, um, Takeshi Yasutoku does stuff that just, I mean... He drops in from a different point, which already is kind of interesting. He drops in near the, the, the plexiglass and, and pumps down this smaller quarter pipe and just charges across the flat like he's a, a, a ice skating sprint racer. Comes up this huge quarter pipe and does, what's that, a flat spin 540? Is that what that's called? Um, comes down and then onto the spine into a top sole. 
um, and quite a long one, which again stands out compared to some of the grinds that we see in this competition. Don't last for very long, but that's decent length. Then comes up, and then is this, what is this, uh, on another quarter pipe, a bio? Is that what that is? <laughs> I'm not very good. Sorry about that. Grabbed bio, landing very high up on the quarter pipe. Um, and then charging across, transfers over onto the bank with this huge 360 Japan Air, which just, I mean, like it's six, seven foot high, comes down the bank, pumps and carves around the bowl area much more smoothly than that one-footed hopping that Joe Atkinson does. One of the few that really seems to be getting energy as he carves the corners of the bowl. And then does almost exactly the same Liu Kang transfer that Joe does. It's really interesting. They're both doing the same air in the same area. Who stole it from whom? I don't know. Uh, then comes up again... Uh, from the small quarter pipe onto the big one and does this um, 270 alley-oop backside savannah, what the purists would actually actually say is a savannah. So there you go. I think that's what it is. And then up into a um, topside mistrial, but this is, this is unnatural for him, I think, if there's any such thing. So that's interesting to note. Um, then comes up and does this massive flip on the big quarter pipe. I don't know what that's called. Is that a double Viking flip? Is that what I'm looking at? Someone else will have to tell me. I don't know. Then comes up, charges um, over the spine um, with a safety uh, grab. Um, and then coming up below the plexiglass, just on that small quarter pipe underneath it, does a top sole, um, sliding right across that part of the quarter pipe, and then comes back down kind of across the angle of the hip. And again, look, the power here, the striding, the amount of power and the, the technique is just really striking, I reckon. It's part of what makes the run look so good. It's just so fast. And it comes up into the cradle. Uh, maybe not quite as inverted as... Oh, no, about the same, yeah. Um, and then comes up <laughs> and, um, and kind of goes over the big quarter pipe, up onto the quarter pipe... Um, uh, like past the sub box and then up onto this little quarter pipe area and does what I think is called a training wheel grind. So like a top sole within the kind of just rolling on the platform with his heel. Training wheel grind, is that what that is? And then charges across, um, goes past the spine going, I'm the man, I'm the man, um, pumping himself up, does this huge sort of six foot Japan air up on the quarter pipe at the start of the plexiglass area, which is just giving him some energy. It looks like he clips the coping there maybe loses a little bit of balance. He seems to have to collect himself and then charges up for his last trick. Uh, I think this is an eggplant 540. The commentators don't help me because they're just not calling the tricks, but I think that's what it is, right? It's a hand plant grabbing the far, you with your far arm, and then he's doing more rotations than just a 180. And there he ends his run, smoothly landing on the platform in the middle by a cameraman by the spine there. Okay, so that... Uh, that is amazing, the energy, the speed, the smoothness, the difficulty of these flips. And he gets 85. Why? Um, that, what is wrong with that? What's he losing points for? I, I, yeah, that, I just don't get that. So, I mean, I'd love someone to explain to me if there is some logic to that, something I'm not understanding or not seeing. But I just don't get why someone who can do flips of such difficulty as well as such a great variation of, of grinds, as well as all the things that Joe does, why he doesn't win? How does that work? <laughs> there you go. I don't want to do this just to be negative. I don't want to be down on Joe. I don't want to be down on Fee. So it was just, just an interesting observation. And as I say, a cool exercise in, um, in just having a go at trying to call a series of tricks like that. 
Anyway, can to hear your thoughts and hope it gets you just enjoying and watching the feast final. Anyway, catch you later. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We're also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.